Hey, Steph. Hey, Chad. Hey, I'm a Chad, but not like one of those annoying Brads or Chads or hanging Chads. I am a genuine Chad, and I'm your host of Mission Daily. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. I guess I am a co-host. We're we're co-hosting this daily podcast for you to help improve your life, bring a little brevity in the midst of all this madness. You can text us at 833-308-0863, whether you have a question, comment, or just sharing a win from the week. We want to hear from you. But don't be crazy. Yeah, don't, don't be crazy on there. <laughs> Only nice. Or do, if it's uh, crazy in a funny way. Yeah, it might be kind of funny. We want to hear from you. And if you're new to the show, smash subscribe, head over to mission.org and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for executives and entrepreneurs. And now, Steph, what Onto time the is show? it? Onto the show. Hey everyone, it's Chad. And this is Stephanie. And you're listening to Mission Daily. Steph, what were we talking about before we started recording? Well, I was talking about people need to get out of their bubbles. Like the small town kind of bubbles, like get out in the world and experience things and experience other cultures and other languages. Because I had an event happen today <laughs> that made me LOL. I won't use names. <laughs> so. Two, you watched two individuals try to interact. Yes, two individuals were interacting. One hadn't been outside her bubble in a while. Yep, and one, um, first language is not English. And they were talking about a mental health disorder, which has a certain name. And it's like the one person who English is not their first language. Very obscure uh, disorder where it would not be widely known. You, yeah, yeah. it was, can I, should I say it? Um, sure, yeah, okay. yeah it, it's okay. So yeah, this person had Tourette's at the park. And uh, there were other kids around and uh, the person was police ended up showing up and just to make sure the person was okay. And uh, yeah, so this is what transpired today. So said person was trying to explain to the the, event, the event. Right. Yes. And they were trying to explain Tourette's and the other person obviously did not get it because Tourette's is probably not easily translatable, you know, into Spanish. Sure. And. Instead of just explaining what it is or like what you would experience with someone has that or whatever, it was like this, Tourette's, tur- Tourette's, Tourette's, and louder and painful. louder and like <laughs> really, slower, Tourette's. Really, really, really painful. And I'm witnessing this and I literally jumped in like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like slowing down your language and repeating it a thousand times and getting louder and louder will not translate. <laughs> like what is a problem? Yeah. What's going on here? At a certain Ooh. point with communication, if you're just repeating yourself need to check the messaging and maybe look into a mirror if it's not getting across. Yeah. So it's just a good reminder for me of time. like, you know, why it's good to get outside and interact with other people who, you know, are not English as a first language always. And like, oh my gosh, there's just so many good, good lessons from that. And yeah, also just kind wild, of interesting uh, experience. Pretty wild day. And I think it's a good <laughs> reminder too about, um, it's a great policy to loop in, uh, I guess, depending on where you're at. Right. But if you're in a, Great place where you uh, have law enforcement that you trust. Uh, definitely loop them in if anything gets out of hand or you have like suspicions about something. Better safe oh, yeah. than sorry. Yep. And especially with kids around, I mean, there's just no reason not yeah. to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so but that's yeah, my shout day. Out to the uh, Palo Alto <laughs> police, which are uh, incredible. Yeah, they are sweet. But yeah. Ooh, all right. So what are we talking about today, other than my interesting experiences? Getting out of your bubble is a good one. Uh, Today, we're talking about how plagues become renaissances. So if we look back at the bubonic plague 
in Europe. It was ultimately a catalyst for the Renaissance. Now, it wasn't a smooth transition, but there was this period of, you know, horrible plague. Afterwards, there was uh, kind of a, you know, things started to shift around a little bit. People started to get optimistic again. They moved outside their homes and villages. And what it had done was loosened the power of the Catholic Church at the time. So when was the bubonic plague and what was happening then? I don't actually, I don't know what was happening when you get the bubonic plague. Right. (laughs) Can you tell me a bit more about this? You just get sick and die, basically. So it's like, I think the same as the Black Death, where it's like one in three people in Europe got it around, what, the 1200s or something? Uh, Yeah, people can fact check. I'm probably off by a couple hundred years. But the point being, like everything was going smooth in Europe. And then all of a sudden, one, one in three people got the plague, got sick and died, unfortunately. And the controlling party in Europe at the time was basically the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And what this did was it loosened the grip of the church. And there was all this, you know, newfound experimentation, which gradually turned towards individualism. And how that happened, I think is fascinating. So I was doing some uh, reading today. And there's a book called uh, Techniques and Civilization. And it's a 1934 book. It's kind of obscure. But the author, Lewis Mumford, described how the invention of the clock single-handedly catalyzed the Renaissance, basically. So there's this lull post-plague, and all of a sudden, this invention is created, the clock, and the idea of telling time comes into existence. And all of a sudden, the, the grip of the Roman Catholic Church reduces, and you have art, science, um, yeah, everything get founded and explored. So why did the grip reduce? Is it because they were kind of controlling the idea? They were really controlling the idea. Yeah. And to the point where, you know, if you had uh, sins or whatever, and you wanted to be forgiven in the eyes of the community or the church, you know, you needed to buy an indulgence. Um, It was a very strict doctrine where, you know, like my parents were Lutheran and there were certain things that I certainly didn't agree with there. But if you follow that back, you know, Lutheranism was a reactionism to the Catholic church. And it was like a reformation from that And the Catholic church is like even more so. So just like very tight gripped culturally is a a good way of putting it. So not really open to individual experimentation. Um, There's no concept of science. And supposedly like because of the clock, there wasn't any aspect of, um, you know, a, a belief that the, your world was like verifiable or you could put it into, um, you know, practice for something that you conceived of. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm trying to relate it back to the plague though, of thinking about how it all ties together. Well, I think that what's interesting is that the way that we're going to get out of this is by new inventions. So new concepts of categorizing things, whether that's, you know, deciding that health span for individuals, you know, increasing the health span of everyone is a really viable like pursuit or, uh, you know, businesses are going to start investing money there. I think that could create an invention like the clock where we stop having this debate of like, oh, you know, people live to be around this age and then they die. And instead just thinking about, okay, there's sickness, there's disease going on. How are we going to extend the health span of everybody like way more broadly? Mm -hmm. Um, So events like this are a good place to kind of snap you out of your traditional way of thinking. Because before with the, um, the bubonic plague, people, I think were very, I mean, they believed in the church and, you know, like 
bad things don't happen. And then all of a sudden, all this bad stuff started happening. It's pretty superstitious. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they looked for something else afterwards. And you're saying maybe that same kind of theme can happen now with everything going on. Is that exactly okay. a better quantification of things around whether they're your, like your inputs and outputs. We talked about like the quantified self movement in previous episodes or on a couple episodes of Hidden in Plain Sight, which is just basically like tracking your inputs, what you're drinking, what you're eating. So that quantification, just like the clock kind of quantified time and created the same framework that everybody could run on and meet, you know, more efficiently and all this stuff. I think that, um, yeah, innovations here is what's going to help us quantify things in new ways and escape this. Yeah. And turn it into a, you know, the next Renaissance, um, a golden age. Yep. So I wonder what kind of things I could review in my life right now to make sure that happens for me or, you know, that I'm moving things forward because I'm trying to relate it to. Like, what can I do day to day to make sure I'm like the person that created the clock? I want to be journaling that dude is the first, or woman. <laughs> yeah, I think journaling is a great answer, right? It's a simple thing that everybody can do. And you can just start to keep a record of what it is that you're doing. So we take for granted that some of the brightest minds on earth, like they kept a journal. It wasn't necessarily to like revel in their inventions or anything like that. It was just to keep an eye on themselves, keeping a tabs on their emotions and just study things like, okay, this... Uh, you know, it, this certain like day of the week, I'm more productive if I'm doing this. Like, I don't know, you might just discover some different quirks in there. And by studying yourself, I think you can get to a place where you create kind of like your own clock, your own new normal, your own way out of this present yeah. situation. I'm trying to think about how we were talking about bubbles earlier. To me, sometimes when I journal, I'm journaling in a bubble and it doesn't feel like I'm growing until I start looking at either um, tangential industries, ideas, businesses, or completely random ones to then actually start growing. So how do you make sure that you're not, you know, bubbling yourself into a journal entry that's just 10 years later, you're like, man, I've just been writing the same thing for 10 years. Like, how can you actually use an opportunity like this right now to do a self-audit, to look at, you know, how you're thinking and how to expand that thinking and, you know, make this horrible thing into something maybe great? Yeah, I think that tracking emotions is good, but tracking uh, substances is really, really important now. So whether that's keeping tabs on how much caffeine you've had and the nature of your journal entries when you have that caffeine versus when you don't, uh, I think that having, whether it's like more fruit or you know, anything with more sugar in it throughout the day, keeping tabs on that. Chocolate for me. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, whatever it is, wild. <laughs> whatever it is for you, just to get a yeah. pulse on kind of like what's going on and how you feel during certain times. Because if there's, you know, if there are times where you're not feeling your best, there's, you know, a journal entry that's in the cloud or, you know, in your mind, but it might not be in a easily digestible form in front of you. So the more you can like put your day to day, I think, in front of you, revisit it from time to time um, and just experiment with it. That's the key to kind of creating your own clock. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's great. I do too. Thanks for asking such good questions. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. All right. See you next time, everyone. See ya. Hey everyone. It's Chad again. And this work and all of our podcasts in the mission.org network are brought to you by our studios. Head over to mission.org slash studios and learn why some of the best enterprises in the world trust us to create original branded content that gets results. If you need original content or marketing campaigns for your business or enterprise, we have you covered. Head over to mission.org studios to learn more or click the link in the show notes. We'll see you there.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.